We'd like to warn our listeners that this podcast contains descriptions of violence, abuse, addiction, and death. Hello and welcome to your spiritual awakening. We're here to teach you the word of Godney and all about the legendary Miss Britney Spears. You're listening to episode 8, Pepsi's Pepsi. Okay, hello everyone. So... As we will discuss, 2003 was the year of the infamous Pepsi interview with Tucker Carlson. The question of the episode is, candidly, just between you and me, how much Pepsi do you think you drink on an average day? I really do like Pepsi. I really do. Really? What's your favorite kind? My favorite kind of Pepsi? Pepsi's Pepsi. Well, you don't drink Diet Pepsi or... Nope, just 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 regular Pepsi. We hope that you enjoyed our little skit. We will talk about that amazing, or not so amazing, um, for several different reasons, <laughs> interview in a few, in many minutes, because we have other stuff to talk about first. So let's get into it. Last episode, not the bonus episode, but the last full episode, bye bye bye, about Justin Timber Timberfake. Fake. Boo. was super long and it was just like it was a lot so a bit of a recap justin and britney broke up who revealed that she cheated on him in his crimea river music video even though um he is also a cheater and said some really horrible stuff about her and then the media really started to turn against her in that mess she came out with a remix of one of her best songs overprotected and um we didn't talk about overprotected for the last two episodes because I wanted to save it for today and I wanted to talk specifically about the remix video. So the remix was done by Dark Child and the lyrics themselves, which aren't necessarily part of the remix, but um, we need to talk about them anyway. So they're pretty revealing. I will just speak the lyrics awkwardly. (laughs) I think you should sing. No. Okay. I need to make mistakes just to learn who I am. True. And I don't want to be so damn protected. I'll tell them what I like, what I want, and what I don't. But every time I do, I stand corrected. I don't need nobody telling me just what I want to, what I, what I'm gonna need. (laughs) It's so hard to not say. What, what, what I'm gonna do. About my destiny. I say, nobody's telling me just what I want to do. I'm so fed up with people telling me to be someone else but me. But me. The Britney album in general had this theme of pushing against authority, rebelling, being independent. But this song in particular is the epitome of that. The remix was released basically right when Justin and Britney broke up. The video was filmed at the same time, so it's interesting because I think she's commenting on the media's portrayal of her right before it even gets that bad, but it's still relevant to the situation. It reminds me of Lucky in that way, even though she may not have been addressing a specific situation. It's still a reflection of what she was going through, and it's important to the Britney story. It's also my favorite Britney video and one of my favorite Britney songs. Is that the one with the chair? No, that's stronger. Oh, right. Sorry, sorry. No, that's Don't the one with that the, the chaps. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So the video took 23 hours straight to shoot and was partially inspired by Janet Jackson's Son of a Gun video. The video opens with Britney and some friends in a hotel room watching a tabloid reporter criticize her for wearing sexy outfit outfits, which is definitely something that we have talked about before. Keep in mind at this point, she is 20 years old, almost 21, and they're still talking about this to the point where she had to make a video to snap back about it. Brittany and her friends sneak out past her bodyguard and party in this limo that turns into a club. Just regular things that I do with my girls on a night out. (laughs) And then they dance in the rain after being caught by some paparazzi. It's an amazing video. The outfits are... Iconic, beautiful. I don't know what else is... I don't... I'm at a loss for words. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So... I want to touch on something a little bit strange. For the Dream Within a Dream tour, this song was accompanied by a backdrop of a bald Britney growing hair as the real Britney performed the song. 
What? <laughs> so as Brittany is like singing and dancing to Overprotected. Overprotected in the background, like you know how there are backdrops? Yeah, yeah. There's a like an a video of her bald, bald, but she's like growing hair. Wow. As the song goes on. Oh. So I just thought this was an, some interesting symbolism. I mean, what I'm most interested in discussing is the question of whether or not baldness or, like, hair in general was always something that she associated with freedom and independence. Because here she is singing about being overprotected, and the backdrop is of her being bald, growing hair. I don't know. I mean, just something to think about. I don't really have any complete thoughts on this situation, but I thought it was an interesting tidbit. So, that was kind of what we missed talking about from last full episode, and like I said, I, I didn't want to talk about it because we just had way too much going on and was getting a bit too long, but let's talk about the romantic relationships at this point. So I want to go over um, these relationships because I think it'll give some insight into how her public image had a significant shift after the Justin breakup. Let's start with uh, JT himself. So in January of 2003, Us Magazine's headline read, Why I'll Always Love Justin. Whoa, he's confessed he still loves her too. Now, what friends and family say about a possible reconciliation? And she actually attended his birthday party this month, and there's a video of her wishing him a happy birthday. Shortly after this, Brittany fired her manager, Johnny Wright, who had recently become, and still is, the manager of Justin Timberlake. So one has to wonder if the end of that professional relationship was a result of her and Justin finally ending things for real. I mean, we talked about last episode how when you break up with an ex, you're like not actually really broken up with them because you just keep getting back together until eventually you You're really... in limbo for a while there. Exactly. You're yeah. in limbo. So I'm not really surprised. No. It certainly was not a clean break. But in my opinion, I think this is the real end. I think her firing Johnny Wright, something must have happened between them for her to be like, you know what, I'm totally done playing around Mm -hmm. with this dude. It's like her cutting off all ties to to Exactly, exactly. In this situation, it really reminds me of Selena Gomez and her Justin. Oh boy. (laughs) So the obsession with them, the intense shipping, the inability to let go of him as a couple, and to this day, people still want them to get back together. Literally the next month, Us's headline read, Britney's Wild Nights with bad boy Colin Farrell, the one night, and Justin another. The sexy singer has everyone guessing which guy she really wants. Now, personally, before Britney, I had never heard of this man. Sorry to this man, but he is a famous Irish actor and his and has been described as a bad boy. They met on the set of one of his movies, were first spotted in February, attending the premiere of a movie he starred in, The Recruit. When asked about their relationship, Farrell, I think that's how you pronounce it. Farrell. Sorry, I'm just gonna call him Colin. Colin said Quote, she's just a mate. Seriously, we just met a week ago. We're having a laugh. Brittany, in turn, called him, quote, an amazing person. After the premiere of The Recruit, they went to the Chateau Marmont and had this private party. There was this guy who went there and he describes the scene. Quote, so we're inside Colin's room and out on this huge terrace overlooking Sunset Boulevard. There were only 10 or 15 people there. We're standing on the terrace. There's Britney Spears, like, five feet away from us, with Colin, with their tongues down each other's throats. They were making out in front of everybody. My friend's like, we have to take a picture of this. That was a really funny night of maybe pushing it too far. My friend took the picture. He sold it. He made a lot of money. All I did was get a picture with Britney. Uh, he sold a picture of them making out. That is nasty. Oh, it gets so much worse later on about in regard to that. Britney's team released a statement that they were just friends and Colin claimed it was a publicity stunt. So who knows what really happened. Paper Meg wrote that their relationship lasted, quote, more than a week but less than 12 days. In July, she told W Magazine, quote, yes, I kissed him. He's the cutest, 
hottest thing in the world. Woo! But it was nothing serious. Colin then sent her a shirt that read, I slept with Colin Farrell and all I got was this lousy t-shirt and a bumper sticker that read, Honk if you slept with Colin Farrell. <laughs> Apparently she was furious about these gifts. That is so gross though. To me anyway. If like some guy sent me that after I made out with him, I would be like, disgusted right but we don't know what their relationship yeah, exactly. was and steve dennis talks about their relationship a little bit more which mm -hmm. gives some more insight into it and kind of makes me feel like this was really? more, on, more on the okay side of things he should be getting the shirt that says i slept with britney spears because that's way more of a flex i think that's the joke oh okay well, but i don't that's... know okay because <laughs> who the hell is colin farrell i mean like... is he in on the joke yeah that's, that's the, the question, question. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> All right, moving on. In this same month, February 2003, Brittany was linked to Fred Durst. He claims that their relationship started in late January after they met at the AMAs. Fred Durst is best known for being the frontman of Limp Bizkit. Yes, I too had never heard of Limp Bizkit. Thankfully, I guess it's a rock band. According to Wikipedia, I read some of Durst's interviews like... <laughs> Not from the Britney situation, just in general, and he seems like a huge, dumbass douchebag. He wrote three songs for Britney, and according to him, they spent a few days uh, working together in a studio. Durst went on Howard Stern's show, and after a few weeks of denying him and Britney were dating, he told Stern that he wanted to set the record straight after her statement that she barely knew him. Quote, this relationship went on for a little while. That's what's pretty unbelievable about this crap she's talking. He talked about having sex with Brittany and described her naked body, which is super violating and not cool. He revealed that she smoked, partied, and drank excessively, that she enjoyed dirty talk, and that she had seduced him wearing a see-through shirt without a bra. What a loser. <laughs> what a loser. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't have anything to say about that. Brittany kept denying it and even said, quote, we worked together for three days and he's a really cool guy, but there's no relationship. Brittany's camp also said, quote, it's sad that he's decided to make up stories and the situation feels very junior high school. Limp Bizkit then released a song that Durst claimed Brittany inspired. It's about a woman who was caught cheating on some guy. Here are some lyrics. Sorry in advance. What the fuck is going on? Who the fuck do you think you are, bitch? Cause for alarm. Put up with your shit. Begging me to stay, even though you wring your fucking mouth every day. I ain't some punk ass dealing with your drunk ass. Yeah, you might be fine, but you cross the fucking line. Now there's no returning this lesson that you're learning. Pulling down your panties <laughs> and leave your ass burning. <laughs> Because I deserve more. I deserve more. You act like a whore. So just drop dead. Just drop dead. Oh my god! That is horrible. Also, he literally, like, can't make a full sentence. Yeah, like, no. he needs some I mean, help with his grammar. With his sentence structure. It's bad. It's pretty... <laughs> also, I, I have no words other yeah. than... What the fuck, Fred? Uh, you have major problems. Get some... Seek help. Seek. Seek help. professional help. Never tell a woman they should drop dead. Never tell anyone they should drop dead. I don't... Yeah. Man, woman, whoever you are, whatever you identify as, <laughs> no one should be telling him to drop dead. Yeah, especially for literally no reason. So... In the face of rejection. Yeah, classic. Classic, yeah. I, I mean, disappointed, can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> in 2008, when asked about the relationship again, 2008, okay, mm -hmm. he said, quote, I just guess at the time it was taboo for a guy like me to be associated with a gal like her. Whether or not they hooked up, I think it's pretty uncool of him, and, uh, that's pretty understating uncool. it, <laughs> to yeah. say all this shit. Like, just keep it on the down low. Don't be a huge ass about it by going to Howard Stern and telling him everything. And that's if he's telling the truth. And this weird-ass pattern of dudes, like, writing songs about her after she rejects them is very odd. Yeah, but also not surprising, so. Yeah, for sure. 
There was also a blind date with some dude named Tom Witchy who told the press that they had sex. I don't know anything about that. Anyway, then there was Jared Leto. In August, she was seen with Jared, who has since been exposed as a sexual predator and is now a cult leader. Is he? Yeah. He literally looks like a cult leader. No, he's a cult leader. He looks like Charles Manson. I always thought he looked like Charles Manson. I mean, I don't... Maybe if I was looking at pictures of him, but I believe you. Anyway. (laughs) Now, what's interesting is that at this time... Justin was dating Cameron Diaz, who is Jared's ex-fiance. Ooh. Right. So, were they dating each other to, like, get back at their exes? Right. They were first photographed together leaving a restaurant in L.A. Brittany's spokesperson is quoted as saying she was out for a girl's night out. One of her friends knew Jared, who was there with friends, and both groups got together and had a good time. A friend said, quote, Brittany is upset about seeing Justin looking so close to Cameron. Jared was a shoulder to cry on, and he and Brittany have known each other a long while as friends. However, in recent weeks, they have seen each other more regularly and are growing closer. She really enjoys Jared's company, but they were wary of the situation they would get considering who their old flames are. Brittany herself insisted that they were just really good friends, and that's all we know about... Her and Jared's fling. Then there was Columbus Short. The summer of 2003, and I think possibly into September, it's hard to say, but around that time, she was linked to one of her choreographers and backup dancers, Columbus Short. They were photographed making out while he was still married, but apparently separated from his first wife. At the time, he told the star he had only shared a bed with her and cuddled. Quote, It's true, I slept with Brittany, but we never had sex because another person was in the room at the time. We shared a bed and were really close, kissing and hugging. The chemistry was magical. Our feelings were so strong. Brittany's mom, Lynn, stepped in to prevent that as soon as our feelings started to develop. So I think that's interesting that Lynn stepped in. Mm -hmm. And we'll get to that later. He continues, it would be fair to say Brittany caused major problems in our marriage. Sadly, we're now getting divorced. Despite everything that happened, I'll always remember those special moments with Brittany. So, way to place the blame fully on Brittany. Blaming Brittany for your marriage problems? Instead of taking responsibility. (laughs) Yeah, you're the one cheating on your wife. I mean, guaranteed she should not have slept with a married man, even if he claims that they were separated at the time. That's just like a whole mess. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a bit more to his side of the story, which he revealed in his autobiography last year. So despite denying sleeping with Brittany in 2003, he now says that they did have sex. Here's an excerpt of a Page Six article. Quote, he claims that two months before Spears released her 2003 album, In the Zone, she summoned Short and her dancers to New York. Quote, she sent us a jet, and just like that, we were in New York having a wild party for my 21st birthday, he recalls in the book. Spears and her crew were partying at Keith Richards' apartment uptown, he says, where Spears was allegedly staying, and we were all in there going crazy. But Short recounts that at the wild party, Spears was going even more crazy. She was on me like white on rice and would not leave me alone the entire night. Brittany had her eyes on the prize and and wasn't about to stop until she got what she wanted. Short says that at the time, he wanted to keep things professional and wasn't attracted to her like that. Plus, he was separated from his first wife and dating another backup dancer. Spears pulled Short aside at the party, he claims, and insisted he travel with her to Rome to prep for her next video. He says that in Italy, quote, I really tried my best, but this girl put on the full court press, and we ended up being intimate that one time. I never slept with her again after that, though. And this was a dangerous sexual alliance for every reason under the sun. And I think that the worst part of it was that I was making the rumors an actual reality. But back in the States, Britt was still trying to get a repeat of what happened in Rome, Short writes. And she started to get suspicious because I continued to curve her. He said that at the time, the paparazzi were snapping pictures of him and Spears in which a simple hug would look like a kiss. A quick store run would look like a date. Alright, now from the same article, there are some really bad allegations. Quote, I was next to Brittany while she was on the phone with them crying while she had it on speaker. He claims he overheard 
her parents ask, why are you fucking that N-word? And that Brittany looked at me so apologetically, knowing I'd heard it. I shook my head and didn't say anything, because what was there to say? Short, 38, told Jazzy Bell in her YouTube show, Inside Hollywood, of allegedly overhearing the racial epithet. epithet. That's a really weird way to put it, but okay. (laughs) I wasn't shocked when it happened. Look where they're from. They're from Louisiana. The way it came out was so effortless. Like, that's how they speak. I wasn't shocked, and I wasn't hurt by it. I was just like, wow. This is, okay, I know who I am around here. He added that, because they have black bodyguards doesn't mean behind closed doors, they don't use that word. Looking back, he told Bell, After that, I feel like maybe Brittany was using me to piss them off for some reason. I think she's a really sweet person that was tormented in a position on a high level that I can't imagine. I liken it to Princess Diana. She was the pop princess. Brittany couldn't go nowhere. Her world was completely controlled in this bubble. There would be times that she would act out, and I don't blame her. She was trying to find her way. He added, I love Brittany to this day. I feel bad for her. I wish the world knew the Brittany I knew. So it seems as though he doesn't... Save your awes. Okay. Oh, no. It seems as though he doesn't consider Brittany to be racist. Yeah, just her horrible parents. Yeah. Yeah. Which I believe... Lynn denied these allegations, um, as did a rep for Jamie, who said that Jamie had, at the time, in 2003, no involvement in Britney's life. So, why would he have called her at that time? Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> alright, now I want to disclose that Columbus Short was sentenced to jail in 2018 for domestic violence and was fired from Scandal, a really popular TV show, for reports of domestic abuse, and was also placed on probation for putting a knife to his ex-wife's throat. Okay, Matt, I take it back. I take back the sympathy. He can choke. So he's a horrible man as well. Obviously, it is never okay to call someone a slur. Ever. Everyone around Brittany just sucks. So I think this just highlights that every single person, it seems, was just horrible. Whether they're racist or domestic abusers. Mm Mm-hmm. All, all kinds of men and women and everyone. There's also, like, this pattern of guys, like, talking about explicit details yeah. about having sex with Britney. Like, that is just so... It's really odd. Like, keep it... I, like, aren't you supposed to, like, not kiss and tell? Oh, yeah, you know? for sure. Like, keep it to yourself. <laughs> so that's some insight into Britney's dating life in 2003. Um... I really think that this shows a trend of her mostly dating men who are a lot like her dad in that they disrespect, that's an understatement in some cases, women. I mean, um, other than Colin, who just sent her some dumb gag gifts, these dudes are bad news. And even the gag gifts, I I mean, I don't know the situation around that. I don't want to demonize anyone for an inside joke between friends, right? Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, none of them are um, the cream of the crop, so... <laughs> That's definitely true. <laughs> now let's talk about someone who maybe is the cream of the crop. Heath Ledger. Now, him and Brittany were never in a romantic relationship, but they did have what seems like a great friendship. Brittany would throw parties, and Ledger was a frequent attendant. According to Dennis, Brittany would invite random club goers back to her place and allow them to party all night while her and her friends stayed in her walk-in closet. After the party, her, Colin, and Heath would sit at the clubhouse in her backyard and watch the sun come up. When Colin was no longer around at the time, Heath would talk to Brittany about his love for his then-girlfriend, Naomi Watts, and Brittany would apparently reminisce about Justin. Now, this is all according to some who had heard or even taken part in these conversations. In 2002, Heath had this to say when asked about Brittany. Quote, I want that girl. I can't deny it. I can treat her better than any man around. I've met her a few times, and let me tell you, I was smitten. Despite this quote, I think they were always just really good friends, or just good friends, not sure, and Brittany apparently thought he was a gentleman whose advice she really appreciated. They remained friends until his um, tragic death in 2007. So I just thought that, well, obviously that ends horribly, but Mm -hmm. um, I just think that's nice that she had at least one person 
yeah to rely nice. on and we yeah. know that he was a very down to earth kind of guy mm-hmm. and that's why she liked um him and Colin as well because they were both well Colin's not from Hollywood right he's Irish ah uh, yeah right straight from Ireland Ireland so he it says he's he was Irish born so... in Ireland right so he is Irish and um you know, they were more down-to-earth, they weren't fake, L.A., and I think she really appreciated that because neither was she. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I guess they kept it real. So, let's talk about the VMAs. And this was a great year, another iconic VMAs performance, the Madonna Kiss. The performance starts out with Brittany and Christina Aguilera singing Like a Virgin, then Madonna pops out of a cake to start singing Hollywood, a song of hers, and they dance around, and then Madonna grabs Britney for this deep, passionate kiss, and the camera immediately pans over to Justin Timberlake, who looks pissed <laughs> as hell. Madonna also kissed Christina, but the camera cut away in that moment to film Justin instead. I didn't know that. I didn't know they kissed Yeah, too. fun fact. Oh. And then Missy Elliott pops out of a chapel. Carson Cressley looks like he's going to die. Carson Cressley. In a good way. Yeah, I figured. Avril Lavigne looks like she's going to die in a bad oh, way. Oh, please. <laughs> Come on. So there's a lot to discuss regarding this kiss. Of course, this blew up everywhere and really pushed the image of Britney as a good girl gone bad. Now, if we're talking about Christina specifically, I've read that this was sort of where their feud took off. Of course, they were also two female pop stars in the early 2000s, so naturally they were pitted against each other. But this is when the rivalry started to be more than just magazine headlines and gossip blog rumors. First of all, it's worth noting that at this time, Christina and Justin had just wrapped up their co-headlining tour, the Justified and Stripped Tour. However, in an interview in June, so this would be a few months before the VMAs, Christina revealed that she thought of Britney as Justin's ideal mate in an interview with Rolling Stone. Quote, He and Britney made a great couple. I've known the both of them since that time, and they kind of had their little crushes even back then. Britney has known him for such a long time, too. Before he was Justin Timberlake, the star, when he was just Justin, the kid on the Mickey Mouse Club. I don't know. I have a feeling that there's going to be some reconciliation. I know that they talk and everything, and it's cool. I don't think it's over. So something must have happened between then and the VMAs, or something happened at the VMAs. There were also rumors of Christina and Justin dating, but those were never confirmed. It's also possible that Christina was just talking about Britney to bring more um, attention and press media coverage to their to their tour, right? Who knows? I mean... It's a theory. It, she says they were talking at the time, but mm. were they really? Right. Or, yeah. Or was... It's also possible that Christina, who, in my opinion, is kind of a rude person, it's also possible that she was making fun of Britney by mm-hmm. saying this. And that the yeah. joke wasn't really... It, it could have been sarcasm. And the joke wasn't really translated well in the interview. Hmm. In another interview with Blender in 2003, she said that during the rehearsals for the VMAs, quote, every time I tried to start a conversation with her, well, let's just say she seemed nervous the whole time. She seems to me like a lost little girl, someone who desperately needs guidance. She (laughs) also said, look at people like Beyonce or Britney. They're desperate to come across as sweet, good little girls, but then you see them in photo shoots that are extremely sexual, tight little booty shorts, and not much else. So why do they try to be virginal in interviews? Aguilera then held her finger to her mouth, Lolita-like, and affects a note-perfect Spears impersonation. Oh gosh, I haven't kissed a boy in I don't know how long. Wow, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. So in 2004, Brittany replied, quote, a lost girl. I think it's probably the other way around. I can't believe she said that about me. And then she told this funny little anecdote. Um, quote, she, as in Christina, 
comes up to me in a club in front of all these people and tries to put her tongue down my throat. I say, it's good to see you. And she goes, well, you're not being real with me. I was like, well, Christina, what's your definition of real? Going up to girls and kissing them after you haven't seen them for two years? (laughs) When someone has been rude to you so many times, it's like, you know what, Christina? I'm really not about the fake anymore. So that's a little bit interesting. Um... (laughs) I don't know. Is there more to that love triangle than we yeah. thought? Maybe. Maybe. You never know. Flash forward to 2018. Christina told Andy Cohen, quote, it was a Justin reaction shot. It was a cheap shot about the panning to Justin after Brittany and Madonna right, kissed. Right. I definitely saw the newspaper the next day. It was like, oh, well, I guess I got left out of that one. So, aside from this VMAs thing, in November of 2003, Justin and Christina made fun of Britney in a disgusting manner on the stage of the MTV Europe Music Awards. Christina tells Justin that he, quote, left a couple things on the tour bus while a blonde blow-up doll is brought on stage. Justin says, quote, I'm so glad. I've been looking for that everywhere. And she replies, quote, the writers thought it looked kind of familiar. So... Essentially, they're clearly comparing Britney to a blow-up doll. They're dehumanizing and objectifying her on a stage in front of millions of viewers around the world. Britney, now it's not just people talking about having sex with her. It's her becoming the butt of the joke um, when it comes to her sexuality. And, I mean, it's just... Like, that is really, really horrible, and it's something that continues to happen after this point in time. What's even worse is that in the Diane Sawyer interview that a- that aired days after this incident, Brittany had this to say about Christina. Quote, I would love to have a voice like Christina. I would love to have a voice like Whitney Houston. I love their voices. Since then, it's been the consensus that the media blew things out of proportion, which is definitely believable, and I'm sure the media contributed to, um, you know, Christina bashing Britney over the years, but Christina had some choice things to say about Britney for, you know, a long time after 2003, and we'll discuss that in later episodes. But I don't think that it was just the media making things up when we have direct quotes of her. Yeah. All right. Now, let's talk about the NFL kickoff. So, I personally love this performance. It's the one where she's she's wearing, like, a black and white striped shirt, and then they, like, take her pants off. Okay. Anyway. I don't, I don't remember that one. It's a bit different from her usual in that she had a handheld microphone and she had this attitude of, like, not giving a single fuck. Um, it was kind of, like, it's very obvious. And keep in mind, this was days after the VMAs. So the kickoff performance took place at the National Mall. That is a thing. Um, <laughs> and featured other artists like Mary J. Blige. Some people, like this Associated Press reporter, were not happy about her performance. Quote, Abe Lincoln's view down the National Mall should not include pop singer Britney Spears gyrating at a Pepsi-sponsored concert. (laughs) So, of course, someone always has something to say about Britney and her performances. What's new? Well, Maybe Abe Lincoln would have liked it. Yeah, you know... He liked the theater, didn't he? Sorry, that's... Oh my god. (laughs) Anyway, okay. So, right before the kickoff, Brittany was interviewed by none other than Tucker Carlson. If you don't know who that man is, you're a very lucky person. So, this interview was a legendary, but also um, not so great for her image at the time. She's got a blonde wig on with pink streaks. She's chewing gum furiously. <laughs> like, wow. We know from Dennis that she chews gum when she's anxious. So, that's definitely relatable. hmm The interview starts out innocent enough. He asks about the paparazzi. She tells him that it's not as bad in London. She also reveals that the kiss was not super planned. It was sort of talked about, and then they just, like, felt a vibe, I guess. Um, Rehearsals tell a different story, but Mm. who knows? I mean, you know, every celebrity is manufactured to a certain point. Yeah. 
He then asks what her mom thought about the kiss. Brittany says Lynn thought it was cool. Tucker asks her if her fans are happy with her change in image and if she thinks she has changed from being an example of clean living, which is a dumb question what? in my opinion. <laughs> her entire career, they her entire career, and we have documented this. Everyone was talking about her sexuality. She was never the poster child of clean living. I feel like the media was gaslighting her at this point. Yeah, what even is clean living? Like, what? I don't what know. What does that even mean? Being a virgin? Like, Well, her answer <laughs> is really funny. She replies that she thinks she's still clean living and that, quote, I don't go home and have orgies or anything like that. Okay. <laughs> Tucker then asks about the war in Iraq, which is so odd because she's a okay. pop star. This is not that kind of interview. I mean... It seems like they just want her to say something controversial so oh, they yeah. can get publicity. Brittany's response was, quote, Honestly, I think we should just trust our president in every decision that he makes and we should just support that. Which obviously is a horrible answer. Um, <laughs> yeah, she just shouldn't have answered. A couple of things. So right before this, the Dixie Chicks had condemned Bush. Mm, and yeah. it went really, really badly for them. Really? Oh. Oh, yeah. So who knows if she was told absolutely unequivocally, right. like, do not say anything against President, president Bush at this yeah. time. Um. I mean, also, she is not an expert on this. Yeah, they just shouldn't have asked her that question. That is just so weird. The irony of this whole situation is how Tucker turned out. I mean, come on. He was... Who is... I don't know who this is. Tucker Carlson is a... Um, you've definitely seen videos of him because he is, like, or was, not sure anymore, the number one Trump supporter and was always up his ass. Oh. Always talking about him, like, how amazing he was. Ne like, just blindly followed him okay. like a sheep, right? So okay. It sounds very familiar. His name sounds very familiar. She should have said something more neutral, but... <laughs> or, like, said no comment, but, like, what do y'all want? A spiel yeah. about war politics? Like, they do just... you want a lecture from Britney Spears <laughs> on war politics? Come on. They just should not have answered It seems like question. a trap. You're right. It seems like a trap. Yeah. And... Then the infamous Pepsi conversation happens, <laughs> and we already talked about that. Um, I love that conversation. It's such a such a good meme. Yeah. Finally, he asks her some dumb questions about favorite shows, if she watches CNN. She goes, all the time. But, like, you can tell it's so sarcastic. <laughs> I mean, the attitude in this interview. Yeah, I love it. I love the attitude. She's so done. Yeah. No, she's so done. She, yeah. Um, I will definitely post a video of this interview on her Instagram. Um, but you can tell she really hates Tucker. She does not want to be there. So this is really kind of gross. But after the interview, it cuts away to Anderson Cooper. And you've heard of him, right? Yeah. You know, famous journalist. Yeah. Or, like, yeah, yeah. reporter. Yeah. Okay. And Tucker talking... So it cuts away to Anderson Cooper and Tucker talking about the interview. Tucker says that, quote, It would be wrong to have adult thoughts about Britney Spears. She may be 21, but she seems young. Okay. Like, I understand the sentiment, but why do you have to say it like that? <laughs> like, we don't care. Like, so, nobody asks So you. odd. Yeah. Why would you frame it like that? You can just be like, she has a young spirit. Yeah, why do you have to bring, like sexual Ugh. or like she's very youthful yeah it, why exactly why do you have to they always make it about it's like sex. a weird pedophile spin on it yeah and i don't want to obviously accuse anyone of anything but mm. the way just the way that he said this it's very strange yeah in the 2004 documentary fahrenheit 9-11 filmmaker and political commentator michael moore takes a critical look into george w bush's presidency 9-11, and the subsequent war in Iraq. This interview, specifically the moment where Britney talks about trusting the president, was featured in the movie. A reviewer wrote that Britney's, quote, blind follow-the-leader mentality is representative of a large section of the human population, and that makes her and the billions of people she mirrors scarier than any other movie monster of past and present. 
Wow, way to demonize someone whose job, by the way, is not anything to do with politics. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I understand. Again, I understand the sentiment. Mm-hmm. But, wow. Why is that even in a movie? Like... I mean, I I get why they included it because they're like he was trying to show that Americans were just blindly right. following the president and not thinking critically mm. about it. But the fact that this reviewer said she was scarier than any other movie monster—what? That's, that's a little dramatic. That is a, <laughs> quite dramatic. I mean, can we stop blaming Britney Spears for everything? Seriously. Yeah, seriously. I understand this is a nuanced situation, but also, holy shit, just give the girl a fucking break. Yeah. Okay, so shortly after this, she sat down with Diane Sawyer to promote her upcoming album, In the Zone. This is by far one of the worst interviews I've ever seen in my life. Um, I'm not even kidding. It makes me cry, bawling like a baby. I can't rewatch it. Um, I did not rewatch it for this episode. Uh, I had to read transcripts because it is incredibly horrible and, like, just very anxiety-inducing because, like, you can just see on her face and, like, the energy, it's so bad. I don't know if I've seen it. It was in, it was featured in Framing Britney Spears and everyone went crazy over it. Uh Yeah, because it was so bad. Referencing Justin, Diane says, quote, you did something that caused him so much pain, so much suffering. What did you do? So first of all, she places all the blame on Brittany. She continues, but you said, I've only slept with one person in my whole life, two years into my relationship with Justin. And yet he's left the impression that you weren't faithful, that you betrayed the relationship. At one point, Diane holds up magazine photo shoots and asks, quote, what happened to your clothes? What is it about? Oh my god. To this, Brittany answers, quote, What is it about? It's about doing a beautiful picture. I feel comfortable in my skin. I think it's an okay thing to express yourself. Diane replies, Have you ever gone further than you wish you had? Brittany goes, Gone further? No. Diane then shows her a specific photo of herself wearing nothing but strategically placed pearls, and Brittany relents, Quote, okay, those are a little much. She also says that she felt weird about the shots. Um, Diane pushes and says, quote, wish you hadn't done it. Brittany goes, a little bit. So kind of she's, like, Sawyer throughout the interview, if you watch it, is, like, pushing and pushing for Brittany to admit that she's done wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? And at first, Brittany is, stands her ground. She's like, no, you know what, I feel comfortable with those shots and like I'm comfortable in my body why can't people be okay with that yeah I am 20 almost 22 years old yeah and Diane just keeps pushing her and pushing her until finally Brittany breaks and goes okay fine like maybe I did yeah it's just easier Diane then quotes Kendall Elric the wife of Maryland's former governor Robert Elric Quote, really, if I had an opportunity to shoot Britney Spears, I think I would. Shoot her? Shoot her. With a gun? With a gun. Oh. Not with a camera. With a gun. Okay. With a gun. But who said that? Um, the wife of Maryland's former governor. Oh my god. Uh, that's like a threat of violence, so it's not like illegal. Uh, it's <laughs> really bad. Britney goes, quote, oh, that's horrible. And you can tell she truly is horrified by this diane replies quote because of the example for kids and how hard it is to be a parent and keep all of this away from your kids like okay the whole world isn't made for kids so well i cannot believe that diane tries to explain this woman's behavior yeah like vile 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 behavior yeah like that's not okay even if you think your kids are in danger or whatever. Yeah, no, she's totally excusing this woman yeah. for her words of violence mm-hmm. just because this woman finds it hard to parent her own children. Yeah, sounds like a you problem, ma'am. Absolutely. 
Brittany stands her ground, quote, well, that's really sad that she said that. I'm not here to babysit her kids. Yeah. Sorry, okay. So probably the worst part of this interview for me is when Diane says, quote, you've had a year that would test a lot of people. Brittany goes, quote, it's pretty rough. Yeah. Um, And then there's this whole thing where she just starts, like, kind of panicking, I think. Um, I don't know if I want to post a video of it on Instagram. I mean, I might, but I might also just tell you to go watch the interview yourself. She asks to stop for a second. She tells herself, be strong. So she does this thing where she goes, strong, Brittany. Um, But she's obviously crying. Like, she wants to stop and she's looking around, like, for help. But nobody steps in to comfort her. Wow. Like, her managers should have stopped the interview. Yeah, absolutely. Her team team should have said, we're leaving. And you know what? There are plenty of times when teams have stepped in in interviews in order to protect their client, mm-hmm. uh, Robert Downey Jr. comes to mind. Why didn't Britney's team help her? I don't know. Was it like any press is good press? Were they just imbeciles? Is it a mix of these things? This is also the year that Britney's aunt Sandra's cancer had returned. And Aunt Sandra, if you um, if you forgot, has been described as Britney's second mother. So. When Diane said that she had a rough year, it wasn't just Justin that came to Brittany's mind. It was obviously her aunt as well, who was dying of cancer. Her parents got a divorce, and the press is starting to demonize her. I mean, mm-hmm. what? It's just... Yeah, rough is an understatement, I would oh, say. Oh, rough is absolutely an understatement. So this press tour for In the Zone also included shows in Europe, like Richard Say Judy. I'd never heard of this show before, but anyway, she refused to talk about Justin and asked for three types of mints. She went to Bougie in South Kensington. Um, This was a club where the royals partied and was seen getting wasted and carried out by her bodyguards. I mean, are we not all guilty of getting a little too drunk on a night out? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, Dennis in Inside the Dream describes Brittany as, quote, teetering at this point. She then went to France, but was stuck in her room for two days. Her team stated that she had the flu. She returned to Kentwood and holed up in serenity for the remainder of what was supposed to be the press tour. Larry Rudolph, and that is her uh, manager who just quit like he was her manager since forever so larry rudolph issued a statement that this was exhaust that this was exhaustion rather than a nervous breakdown quote she's going to stop being the public britney spears and start being the private britney spears at heathrow i don't know if that's how you pronounce it sorry airport a bottle of diet pills spilled out of her bag onto the floor so it was clear that britney was not in a good way. She should not have been going on press tours. She needed a real break, not a one month break, but legitimate time off and like nothing in the media, no press tours. Why did no one step in? Why did no one say, hey, you know what? Let's push the album back a bit and get this woman some much needed TLC, some therapy. By the way, that's totally not a jab. I believe everyone can benefit from therapy. I think it's clear. Yes. Just a bad, a bad situation Mm -hmm. overall. So I'm going to, that's where I'm going to stop because it's getting a little, it's getting a little long. Um, Next week, we'll talk about the actual album, the Onyx Hotel Tour, Britney's first marriage, and KFED. Yeah, that wasn't even the entirety of 2003. Things are getting to the point where so much is happening that we can't even cover an entire year in one episode. So, but yeah, this was a rough year. This was definitely a rough year. It's weird because there was a lot of great performances. Um, She, we haven't talked about this yet, but she released In the Zone, which is, in my opinion, her second best album. It has Toxic on it. Mm. As you can tell, her image in the public has definitely 
changed. After Justin, she definitely started dating men who were bad news. So, not saying that Justin was good news, but just that things maybe took a turn for the worse. I don't like Justin, but he was never jailed for putting a knife to his wife's throat. Yeah. Yeah, the bar is on the floor. Oh, the bar is absolutely on the um, floor. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Is there anything positive that we can say? Oh, my gosh. How could I have forgotten? This week, Brittany will be free. Woo! Yay. Or I don't know if she'll, you know, be free, but they're having the... Yeah. Right. So there is a hearing on November 12th to decide whether to terminate um, the conservatorship. And I believe that unless something crazy happens, the conservatorship will be terminated. Yeah. Everyone's watching, so... Everyone's watching. They better do it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean... They could order an evaluation um, to determine whether she has the capacity to be a free individual. Because it's pretty clear that she has the capacity. Because she is a grown woman. She's a mother. So that's good news. That's really great news. Yeah, we should have a party. We should have a free Britney party. Celebration. That'd be fun. We can drink Pepsi. We can drink lots of Pepsi. Pepsi, just Pepsi, regular Pepsi. Just regular Pepsi. Just regular Pepsi. No diet yeah. Pepsi. Yeah. No flavored Pepsi. Just regular, just regular, just, just regular, just regular Pepsi. Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> okay, everyone. Um, we all hope that you have an amazing week, especially November 12th. Yes. Party it up. November Party it 12th. up however you choose. And hopefully this is the last time we will say it in any of our episodes but mm-hmm. free britney hashtag free britney that's crazy yeah oh my god and then she'll be free and, and then, then she'll be free all right okay bye goodbye thank you so much for listening please follow us on instagram at spiritual awakening that's s-p-e-a-r-i-t-u-a-l and check out our website at spiritualawakening.wixsite.com slash podcast for all of our sources, Brittany updates, and more. See you next time, and may the Holy Spirit guide you.